Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. He's helped me to transform, to be transformed into the image of God, which is God's purpose for my life. I have the faith now to be able to stand through anything that I go through. I know that I'm going to come out victorious on the other side because of what I've learned through this ministry. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Friday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Today I'm continuing to talk about how to live in God's best. I've got a book out on this entitled Living in God's Best, and then I also have CDs and DVDs. And I tell you, this is powerful. God has better plans for us than what any of us have experienced. I really believe that with all my heart. You know, I'm seeking God with my whole heart, and I've seen God do wonderful things. I'm really blessed. I'm, I'm not discontent. I'm not dissatisfied, but I'm also not complacent. I believe that God has more and I'm still seeking. God has shown me things and I'm still moving forward. And I just want to encourage you that God has more for every one of us. Nobody, nobody has tapped out God. And this is speaking about us at our very best. I believe there's always more. But there are many people watching this program that you would have to admit that you aren't even close to God's best. You know it. You know that God didn't ordain the way you're living. You know that there's more joy. There's more peace. There's more prosperity. There's more health. There is more effective ministry. And you aren't, you know, we just get on this treadmill and feel like that we've got to go do this. And we're so preoccupied that we don't even sit and think about the future and stuff. I'm trying to encourage you that God wants you to prosper. And it's up to you to initiate the change. Now, it's God's power but God will not force it upon anyone. It says a scripture that I've been using is 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, seeking to show himself strong in behalf of those who are perfect in his sight. God wants this. God is looking for someone. So the very first thing is you got to be dissatisfied with where you are and say, I'm not going to stay this way. I'm going to go on. I'm going to find God's best. And then after I established that, I've been sharing this week that God's best isn't a miracle, but it's a blessing. Now, most people don't even see the difference between the two, but there is a difference between receiving from God by the blessing of God versus receiving by a miracle. A miracle is a superseding, a suspension of natural laws, and God created natural laws and he doesn't suspend them unless you're in a crisis situation. So I've been contrasting blessings and miracles. A miracle is dependent upon a crisis in your life. If you're going to live from miracle to miracle, you're going to live from crisis to crisis. In contrast to that, a blessing will prevent a crisis. And then what I was sharing on our program yesterday was that a blessing is only temporary. The longest recorded Excuse me, I think I said that wrong. A miracle is only temporary. The longest recorded miracle in the Bible is the manna that came down for 40 years. But we read in Joshua chapter 5 that the manna ceased. And I can guarantee you there were people who had become so accustomed to getting their food by a miracle provision that they went out the next day looking for the miracle, but it wasn't there. From that time on, they had to start planting seeds. They had to start 
reaping their crops, gathering the fruit, and doing things like this. And it took some effort on their part, but the blessing was much more abundant than the miracle. And so let me also contrast this, that once the blessing is given, the blessing can never be reversed. Over here in Numbers, it's where Balak uh, was uh, afraid that the Israelites were going to come in and conquer his land. And so he hired Balaam to come curse the children of Israel. And just for time's sake, I'm going to summarize some of this, but it goes from Numbers chapter 22 through 24. And there's a lot of things to learn. I'm going to have to say some of this quickly. I'm just praying that you'll get this. I hope, hopefully, something I'll say will trigger something in you and you'll go study this because there is so much in this. I could teach for weeks on what I'm going to try and cram into this program today. But the very fact that Balak wanted to hire Balaam to come curse the children of Israel for him shows a totally different mindset than what people have today. People today, see, if you had an enemy coming out about, uh, coming against you, if you were a king and a foreign nation was coming against you, how many of you would go hire somebody to curse them? We would scoff at that today and say, that's foolish. It doesn't matter what you say. Man, they got guns. They got artillery, planes or whatever. We can't overcome it with words. But see, that shows that we have fallen a long ways from what the people in the Bible were. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. Jesus cursed a fig tree in Mark chapter 11, just spoke to it and the fig tree died. Words are powerful and there are such things as curses. And we look at that today as being superstitious and it doesn't matter what a person says. I mean, to most people today, it doesn't even imagine what, what words you say or what you write down. If you have a good lawyer, you can break a contract, you can get out of it. People don't hold their words and it doesn't, in our Western mindset, we just don't think much about words, but words are powerful. And so the very fact that they wanted to hire Balaam and thought that if he would just curse the Israelites, that they could overcome him, that, there's a lesson in this in itself. But it goes on that Balaam went to curse the Israelites because he wanted the reward that came from it. He wanted the money that he was being offered. But when he got there, God refused to allow him to curse the Israelites. And so there was three times that he tried. He would offer sacrifices and then he would go apart and he would try and get a word from God so that he could curse the Israelites and it wouldn't work. The first time he was up on a mountain and he saw all of the Israelites. There were millions of them, plus all of their cattle, their tents and everything. And there were millions of them down below. And Balaam wound up blessing the Israelites instead of cursing them. And so because of it, Balak came back and he says, man, it's because you saw all of this multitude. He says, I'm going to take you to another place where you can only see just a small portion. You won't be so overwhelmed by their numbers and maybe you can curse them from there. So that's the second time. And this is in Numbers chapter 23. And I want to just read a portion of this to you. But after he went and offered the sacrifices and then he went to hear from God, he came back and here's what Balaam said. This is Numbers chapter 23, verse 18. He took up his parable and said, Rise up, Balak, and hear, hearken unto me, thou son of Zippor. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Behold, I have received commandment to bless, and he hath blessed and I cannot reverse it. 
Boy, this is one of the great truths that I want to get across, that I was contrasting this with a miracle. A miracle is always temporary. Usually it's a very short period of time. You aren't going to, you know, like when Peter walked on the water, the water returned back to being normal and you couldn't walk on it after that. When Moses parted the Red Sea, you know, it didn't stay that way. It was just temporary. Every miracle is temporary, but a blessing, once it's given, he hath blessed and I cannot reverse it. Balaam was like the soothsayer of his day. He was the one that had power with words. And if anybody could curse somebody and make things come to pass, it was Balaam. And yet he was defenseless once God had blessed. God, Once God has blessed, it could never be reversed. Boy, that's powerful. And look at the next verse. He said, He hath not beheld iniquity in Jacob, neither hath he seen perverseness in Israel. The Lord his God is with him, and the shout of a king is among them. And so here's another great thing about a blessing, and that is that God doesn't dispense the blessing based on your goodness or your holiness. It says, He hath not beheld iniquity in Jacob, nor seen perverseness in Israel. Not because it wasn't there, It was there. Matter of fact, in Exodus chapter 32, you can read, and the Lord got so upset with the Israelites that he told Moses, he says, leave me alone, get out of my way. I'm going to wipe out all of these millions of Jews and I'll start over and I'll make a nation out of you. God was so upset that he was going to kill them all. And yet when an enemy came against his people, he says, I haven't seen iniquity or perverseness. Man, God doesn't deal with us. The blessing is not dependent upon your goodness. But once the blessing is given, it cannot be reversed. In other words, another way of saying this is the blessing is permanent. A miracle is temporary. If you have God supply a miracle, if it's a miracle of healing, it's going to get you over that specific problem but that problem could come back. How many people get healed of cancer and yet the cancer comes back? How many people have something happen and they get healed of something, but then it comes back? How many people have God supply a miracle for you financially, but then next month you're in trouble again? That's because you're living from miracle to miracle and miracles are only temporary. But once you get the blessing going, it cannot be reversed. Man, that is powerful. That is awesome. And let me just share some other scriptures with you. You know, it looks like that after Balaam tried these three times to curse the Israelites, that that was the end of it. You read down here in the 24th chapter, the last verse, it says, And Balaam rose up and went and returned to his place, and Balak also went his way. And that looks like the end of the story of Balaam. But in the next verse, in chapter 25, verse 1, it says, And Israel abode in Shittim, and the people began to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab, and they called the people unto the sacrifices of their God, and the people did eat and bowed down to their gods. And Israel joined himself unto Baal Peor, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against them. And you find out that there was a plague and tens of thousands of people died in this plague. Now that looks like it's a different story. But if you continue reading, you'll find out that this was really a part of what Balaam did. Look at this over in Numbers chapter 30. This is where, or excuse me, it's Numbers chapter 31. This is where Moses sent the Israelites to wipe out the Midianites. 
because of the way that they had treated the Israelites. They were going to go in and conquer them. And anyway, he sent his people and told them to kill the men, the women, the children, and the animals, and everything. You know, let me just put a parenthetical phrase here. Some people think this is so barbaric, and they think, how could a God of love do this? It's because in the Old Testament, people could not be born again. They couldn't be changed the way that we are. And so in the Old Testament, if you were to read some of the... I've read some extra-biblical things, archaeology, and things that they've discovered about some of these ancient Canaanite cultures. And I mean, it was unbelievable how demonic it was. Bestiality was the rule of the day. Sex with animals. Uh, I, I won't even tell you all the things I've read, but it is, it is perverse. It makes what we do today look calm compared to that. And my point is that once you entered that far into sin and stuff, you became demon-possessed, and these people couldn't be delivered They couldn't be changed. And so because of the new birth today, it says in Acts chapter 13 that we can be cleansed of all things from which we could not be cleansed under the law of Moses. Under the new covenant, you can be born again. And so if people are demon-possessed, they can be set free. You don't kill them. But in the old covenant, these people, once they had given themselves to the devil to this degree, there was no coming back. And so it was like a plague. It was like a cancer. And in the similar way that we cut off parts of a person's body today in order to try and save the entire body, but we will sacrifice a limb or something to keep the infection from spreading. In a sense, this is what God told them to do. The women, the children, and even the animals had to be killed because even the animals were demon-possessed. And so... Anyway, I could spend more time on that, but there is a reason God did that. He was not unjust in doing this. These people had just totally sold out 100% to the devil. And he told through Moses to kill the men, the women, the children, and even the animals because they were all demon-possessed. They couldn't be delivered. It needed to be cut off. They needed to be destroyed. And the people came back, and they had saved the best of the women and the children and the animals. In other words, they killed all of the men, all of the enemy soldiers, but then they saved some of the women for their wives, the children, the flocks, and things like this. And Moses was really mad at them. In verse 14, Moses was wroth with the officers of the host, with the captains over thousands and captains over hundreds, which came from the battle. And Moses said unto them, Have ye saved all the women alive? Behold, these caused the children of Israel through the counsel of Balaam to commit trespass against the Lord in the matter of Peor. And there was a plague among the congregation of the Lord. And so right here in verse 16, it says that this was through the counsel of Balaam that the Israelites went out over here in chapter 25 and began to worship uh, the gods of uh, the Midianites, and commit adultery with these women. Now, you put another scripture with that over here in the second chapter of Revelation where the Lord was rebuking the churches of Asia. And it says in chapter 2 and in verse 14, it says, But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed unto idols and to commit fornication. 
So if you put all of these scriptures together, what it says is that the story of Balaam didn't end at the end of Numbers chapter 24, but in chapter 25, where they went out and they began to commit adultery with these women and then worshiped their gods and they got into Baal worship. This was through the council of Balaam. So here's what I believe happened. Balaam was hired by Balak to curse the Israelites. And he said there in Numbers chapter 23, that God hath blessed and I cannot reverse it. Balaam could not break the blessing of God. He could not overturn the blessing of God. But the blessing of God has to be received by faith. It says in Romans chapter 5 verse 2, it says we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. The grace of God has provided us with everything. Remember the verse that I've already used in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, where it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He's already blessed us, but it's in spiritual places. It's in the heaven. It's actually in the spirit realm. Satan can't get to it. God will never cut off the power. Satan can't reach it because your spirit is sealed by the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 1.13. Satan can't stop it. God will not stop it. But you have to access this blessing of God by faith. And if we get out of faith, we stop the blessing of God. You know, this is what I've been trying to say for the whole two weeks that I've been teaching on this series is that God wants to bless us. God wants to prosper us. God wants to use us. He wants to make our life absolutely awesome. But we, in a sense, initiate it when we get discontent with settling for less and we start reaching out and believing for God's best. Faith activates the blessing of God in your life. You have to put faith in the blessing of God. And this is what I've been saying for this whole two weeks, that many of us have just settled for less. We are shooting at nothing and hitting it every time. We just don't believe that God could do anything special with us. You know, there are some of you that were told by your parents or by a teacher or by a previous mate or somebody that, you know what, you'll never amount to anything. And because of it, you just don't believe that you can do it. You've believed those lies. You know, I had a good friend of mine who was an associate with me and his father said, you can't even screw a nut on a bolt without cross-threading it. And this was a mean man. He just, he had a lot of problems and it, this took root in his son. And I've actually worked with his son on, on uh, uh, cars and things before and he will put a nut on a bolt and I mean literally be shaking and put it on and be real ginger with it and then think, oops, I must have crossed it. And he'll take it off and put it back on. And he, he is so insecure that I've never seen him put a nut on a bolt without cross-threading. And it's because he was cursed and he, that curse, he believed it. He doesn't like it, but he believed it. He accepted it and it hindered him from believing that I can do these things. You know, I've never been mechanical. I've never been able to do things. But when the Lord touched my life, I just started believing I can do all things. And I've worked on cars and I've seen, I've seen the Lord uh, quicken me and give me knowledge. I've worked, I remember a washing machine I worked on that nobody else could fix it. And God showed me how to fix it. I took this little serving tray that played a tune when you lifted it up, had a music box in it. And I know those are small things, but you know what? In the past, 
I couldn't have done things like that. And I just believed I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I had to believe it. I had to stretch myself. I had to start saying that I can do things that in the natural I couldn't do. For instance, I was a total introvert. I couldn't look at a person in the face and talk to them. And now I'm talking to millions and millions of people through this television broadcast. And you know what? I had to start believing I can do it. God had blessed me. God had said that I would go to all of the people that He would send me, that I would be a prophet unto the nations out of Jeremiah chapter 1. He spoke these things to me, but you know what? I had to believe it. It's faith activated. And I had to believe it. You access this grace through faith, Romans 5, 2. And I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, that God has a great plan for every one of you, but you have to believe it. And these Israelites... Satan couldn't stop them. Balak couldn't stop them. Balaam couldn't stop them. But you know what? They could stop the blessing of God themselves when they got out of faith and started worshiping other gods and things like this. They stopped the blessing. And you are the only one that can stop the blessing in your life. The color of your skin, your gender, your education level, your looks, your age... Nothing can stop you once you understand the power of a blessing, but you have to believe it. You have to activate it by faith. You have to maintain it by faith. If you get into unbelief, if you listen to the people in the crowd telling you that you can't do it, and if you respond to that, you are the only one that can stop the blessing of God in your life. That's huge what I just said. And I've got a lot more to share on this. And so next week... I'm going to continue to talk about this. And I tell you, I've just now laid a foundation and we're just getting to a place that we could share some things that could really make a difference. Remember that I've got this book, Living in God's Best. We also have a DVD set that was taken from television. And then we have CDs that were taken from one of my live services where I'm teaching on this. And I promise you, this would change your life. So listen to our announcer. He's going to give you the information about how to get this product I encourage you to listen. Please call or write and request the materials and then join me again next week as I continue to teach on living in God's best. Andrew's entire series, Living in God's Best, is available as a book in either English or Spanish, as a DVD album made from our daily television broadcast, or as a CD or DVD album recorded live from a Gospel Truth seminar. You can also get this teaching as a companion study guide. The study guide will deepen your personal understanding and is perfect for home groups or Sunday schools. Each of these valuable resources are available for a gift of any amount when you contact us. This entire series is also available for audio download absolutely free from our website. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get this teaching. The individual topic highlighted on today's broadcast is available as an audio CD for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving. But if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net or you can call our helpline at 719-635-1111. Our helpline is open Monday through Friday, 24 hours a day, 
and Saturday and Sunday from 7.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. Mountain Time. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. We'd like to point out Andrew's upcoming speaking schedule. Mark your calendars to come meet Andrew at one of these events and let the Word of God transform your life. In the month of February, Andrew will be speaking in Colorado Springs. Next, join Andrew and guest speaker Jeremy Pearsons in Orlando for a Gospel Truth Conference. Then, Andrew will be speaking in Naples, Florida. In March, Andrew will be speaking in Oklahoma City and El Reno, Oklahoma. Then, come join Andrew in Woodland Park for our annual Karis Bible College Men's Advance. Guest speakers at this event include Hall of Fame and Super Bowl-winning coach Tony Dungy, along with James Brown, Emmy Award-winning broadcaster on the CBS and NFL networks, and the CEO of Andrew Womack Ministries and Karis Bible College, Billy Epperhart. And in April, Andrew will be hosting a special Easter season production titled God With Us in Woodland Park, Colorado. God With Us is the original love story of a passionate God on a relentless quest to rescue his people. Also in April, Andrew will be in Woodland Park to host the annual Karis Bible College Campus Days. For more details on Andrew's next meeting in your area, visit our website at awmi.net. Welcome to the AWM Minute, a quick look at how the friends and partners of Andrew Womack Ministries are helping us bring healing to people all around the world. People like Colleen Ian Marino. For years, Colleen struggled with crippling pain and nerve damage in her back. That is, until her daughter introduced her to Andrew's teachings. When I started hearing some of the things that he was saying, that it's not what you do that allows God to love you. It's who he is. This determination started coming up on the inside of me. Get up. You don't have to stay where you are. Eager to hear more about God's unconditional love and grace, Colleen and her husband enrolled into Kara's Bible College. It was here, sitting under the Word of God, that she was able to walk out her complete healing. To watch her full story, visit awmi.net today. When we talk about running with the Lord, this is part of it, is that you need to become absolutely dependent upon God. Men's Advance has always been really a time to reconnect with God. I mean, anytime you got a bunch of brothers coming together, that right there in itself is impactful. The Men's Advance particularly, it speaks very well to a man's soul and just really targets just areas that, that men need to be just encouraged in and refined in. We're all just here to grow. I guarantee that you'll get something out of it. Men's Advance makes you hungrier for God. As long as you got hunger for the Lord, you're gonna grow. No matter how old we get, no matter how much we may think we're behind, if we follow the best playbook ever written, we will overcome. Before you were even formed in your mother's womb, God already had determined a purpose for your life, a God-given purpose. 
God has a purpose to train you in what you're called to do. And I tell you, Karis Bible College is the place for that. Man, if you want a life change, come to Karis. Come on to Karis. The next two to three years could be the most powerful time of your life. If you sit under the Word for four hours a day, for five days a week, for two or three years, I guarantee you, you are going to have God speak to you and start revealing purpose to you. Every one of you were created for a purpose. Do you know what that purpose is?